way with our summit. So welcome everybody to our Global Social Media Summit today. This is the live panel featuring uh, Rikus Jacobs and he's all the way from Da Nang in Vietnam today with a big high up the top there. Rainier Lombard from Cape Town, South Africa. So a hi to Rainier. Leanne Costa from Auckland, New Zealand, getting quite late in Auckland, a big wave there. And uh, Nicola Poitiger from uh, also from Cape Town as well, a big hi there. So we've got some great questions that have come in from our VIPs here, and we're going to chew into those firstly, and then we're going to actually get into questions from people that are joining us on the live stream today. So I'm going to start here with... Uh, with the most obvious question that actually somebody did send in. And, uh, you know, Rainier, I'm going to start with you and then I'm going to go to the three others. And Fantastic. because this, this is uh, all about, um, you know, making money online in the next 30 days, the question was actually, what's your number one tip from your point of expertise in how to make some decent money online in the next month? Rainier? Okay, excellent. So my number one tip uh, to make money online um, would be to use what you currently have, whatever platforms you do have, uh, but offer value, offer as much value as you can. So whatever you know, expertise or industry that you're in, whatever service you're in, try and educate or try and give some value as to what you're doing at the moment to your audience. Uh, everyone uh, should have some sort of social media at the moment. Uh, if not, if you, are, if you aren't using LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn immediately. Uh, it's one of the one of the, the best platforms to use in, in in our day and age to firstly you know pr produce uh, credibility and reputation around yourself uh, and to educate your your uh, your connections uh, that that obviously will portray you as this uh, as this expert or as a, as a thought leader within your industry um, and that really can you know it really depends on what you what you're pushing but my one number one tip is try and offer as much as you can to your audience uh, before you take from them. Uh, a lot of people are just trying to sell, sell, sell all the time. And we shouldn't be looking at that. We should be, you know, offering as much value as possible. Um, that's just, that, that is my one, number one tip. It does take a bit of work, but uh, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's, it's true, uh, Rainier. I think that's a, a great tip because, you know, even with this summit, obviously it takes a lot of work for the yeah. team to set up the summit. There's 20 speakers on it. Everything's got to be coordinated then. There's the live panel and that sort of thing. But, you know, we do have stuff for sell here, but we're not shoving it down people's throats. Uh, each one of you have your own offerings or people can connect with you through LinkedIn or another method here. We have some products that the summit itself is offering, but it's uh, it's really about adding value first. Let's go to uh, Leanne. So, um, Leanne, what would be your number one tip for making money uh, through social media in the next 30 days? So um, I would say the same with choose your platform. So if your clients are hanging out on Facebook, for example, go to Facebook and build a really good funnel. So um, start with a lead magnet, uh, which is a free offering to give to build that um, KLT, no like trust with your audience, and then take it through um, a process, a nurturing process, and then the sale. And what lead, um, what sort of lead things are working well at the moment on Facebook, Leanne? Um, so it's something easy to consume because people have got so much going on at the moment, a lot of stress with COVID, etc. So you don't want to be giving them a 100-page PDF to download and read. People just don't have the frame of mind for that at the moment. So, you know, a checklist, uh, um, top 10 tips, a short video, no more than about 10 minutes for them to consume it um, and easily to, for them to download it as well, that they don't have to jump through too many hoops. 
Yeah, great. We've we've found ourselves that some of the most liked things on Facebook, and I'll ask Nicola this question a little later on, but some of the most liked things on Facebook that we're doing are infographics that are in, easy for people to ex, uh, to consume, as you're saying. So it's visual, it's like five steps or 10 steps or something like that, but it's easy to bite on. Uh, Rikus, from, from your perspective, making money online, um, you've helped us make a lot of money online in the last month or so, um, but... Uh, but from your perspective, what would be the number one thing that you've done that you're thinking of in the in the next 30 days for people? So, you know what, when I saw the topic of, of how to make money in, in 30 days, I, I first missed the online. I thought, you know, open a, a lemonade stand because <laughs> it's there's no guaranteed way to make money in the next 30 days. You know, it is difficult. We need to understand that the consumer behavior has changed. The consumer purchasing behavior has changed. So I, I would just pause first and do some R&R. And I don't mean uh, rest and recreation. I would do some research and rediscovery. I would look at what are the industry leaders doing in my sector? You know, if I'm a service provider, what are the guys doing that are pushing the envelope? They are already paying hundreds of thousands on market research. So that's a very effective way to piggyback on, you know, what's happening in the industry. And then you need to look at you know, is your service still relevant? You know, if you are a conference speaker and you live in a country where there's regulations that ban people from going to events, you need to kind of see how you can change that service offering. And then exactly what Renier and them are saying, you need to communicate that to your target market on whichever platform you choose. You need to communicate that you've adapted. Um, so it's very important to kind of understand the market because, you know, you're not just gonna sell something if, if you can't sell it, you know, if you can't do a conference, you can't do it so you need to do some research first yeah absolutely and i think a, a lot of speakers particularly are just going online and doing what they do um and it's not actually working because um you know they don't they're not able to connect in this medium which is a, again um you know a very different sort of medium and uh for those of you that that uh, uh seeing Rikas for the first time his background is actually in hardcore research i mean you've got a masters in what's what's actually your masters in the, tell me again it's in industrial psychology with the with the focus on psychometrics and quantitative psychology and research a nice mouthful oh. there it's, it's yeah, basically exactly. yeah yeah so it's very heavy research orientated yeah, and uh, then you work for one of the world's largest research firms before you actually became an entrepreneur. And I think one of the things in working with you that I've noticed is your ability to see into markets and understand them from a very different viewpoint. Most people are so me-focused, right? Um, I was on a, on a webinar the other day, which was uh, about speakers' websites, and I noticed that you know the, the guy who was the expert here talking on speaker's website, I asked him a question, I said to him, Chris, when was the last time you saw a speaker's website that didn't say, oh, I'm so good, you should hire me, I'm the best at this, I've got a million awards, blah, blah, blah. And he said, every single one of them is the same. So none of them are actually talking to the problem that the marketplace has had. And I think that's something that, that you know, the research so sit back, grab a coffee as Rika's thing and look at, do the research on what the big boys in your marketplace are saying. Let's go to Nicola. Nicola, in terms of your experience and the way the, the social media is changing, what would you say are some of the best tips you could have for people to truly make money in the next month or so before, 
before the holiday season? Mike, I think, um, first of all, it's a thing of staying top of mind. I think um, out of the past few weeks, what we've realized is you can't just send one post out and hope a lot of people is going to buy or do whatever. You need to constantly remind people on, I have this product or I have this thing I'm selling. So, you know, keep top of mind. So that's the first thing. The second thing is being interactive. Um, if you are sending messages out on LinkedIn, you know, you have to be interactive. If, so, if someone replies, you know, it's so good to reply back. So they don't feel like a number. They don't feel like, oh, okay, it's just a robot who's sending me this. This person is actually trying to interact with me. Um, so those are the few things. And then keep it fun. I think <laughs> COVID this year, everyone has gone through quite a bit of a traumatic event, you know, um, psychologically for everyone, it's been taxing. So I think don't don't be so serious. Keep it light. Make people see um, what the benefit is at the end of the day. So absolutely, yeah. I think keeping it light is really really important. Now, um, for those of you watching in here and watching on the live stream through to Facebook as well, and. Uh, those of you that are watching the recording of this later, before we jumped on this call, um, our panelists were talking and Rania, you were saying about your clients in America and ad spend at the moment, yeah. because <clears throat> of course, one of the big things that's happening in the next month is the American election. And it'd be really interesting for you to give some feedback on what's happening in terms of ad spend and you know paid for traffic at the moment um, and also competing against Trump, Biden, and the entourages that they bring to the world. Yeah, hundred percent. It's been um, it's been crazy out there. Um, so we have a few clients in the USA uh, that, uh, that are advertising, you know, e-commerce goods, uh, uh, e-books, and so forth, and uh, they spend quite a considerable amount of money on, on advertising. And in the last month, it's literally quadrupled uh, in cost. Um, the reason being is that these candidates are spending obscene amounts of money on, on Facebook. They are pumping millions and millions into uh, Facebook, Instagram, Google, and it's chewing up all the, all, all the auction uh, well, uh, you know, space. So you're trying to compete with these big budgets. And uh, what I would recommend is if your pockets are deep, then fine, continue. But I would, I would pause your advertising for a little bit uh, because the, the, it's just crazy. Um, I mean, we're looking at about 50 to $60 per thousand impressions which is absolutely crazy. It's madness. Um, you, you're more, you're more, what, what we are doing is, uh, is actually pivoting away from it a bit and actually communicating with our current clients a lot more. Uh, so holding you know, a lot of uh, online events with current clients, the database that you have built up throughout the, throughout the months. Uh, so not trying to get a lot of new sales, but trying to nurture what you have at the moment uh, and grow, grow referrals from that. Um, if, you're looking, if you're looking to do advertising, wait, wait until the, the elections are over. But then again, Black Friday comes into, into play. Uh, right afterwards. So uh, if you are going to be doing advertising, uh, you know, on, on, on social medias, um, try and re refrain from using Black Friday in your copy. Um, they are going to, you know, charge you more money if you have that in your copy. Try and use, try and spin it in a different way. It's a little bit of a tip. Um, and then have your, 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 um, your call to action or sell on the actual landing page that you're sending them to. Um, so try and offer a little bit more value than, uh, than just, you know, Black Friday sale. Um, but it's amazing. I was reading. I think Biden spent something close to 120 million dollars just in Wisconsin alone. 
Uh, that's just one state. And uh, their pockets are ridiculously deep. So if, yeah, you can't really compete with them. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 it's just crazy out there at the moment. Yeah, and I think the other thing there as well, uh, picking up on Nicola's point of view, is that, you know, for the rest of us who don't live in America, I mean, it, it, it has an effect on us, definitely the American election, but, but for the most part, there's a hell of a lot of entertainment happening. I remember the last American election, it's the first American election I was actually glued to the television, you know, because it was actually it was like watching, you know, world championship wrestling or something. Yeah. So, I mean, we're competing, <laughs> all of us are competing against that in already a crowded online space. So, I mean, I think some of the advice you're giving there is if you can do what Rika said and pull back almost over the next three or four weeks and, and then look at where you want to take this thing that's yours in 2021, it's almost better than trying to go, oh my gosh, I've got to make a few thousand dollars extra between now and Christmas is probably the way to go. Leanne, I've got a, uh, I've got a Facebook question now. Leanne's a, a Facebook expert amongst many things um, uh, from Better Your Biz in New Zealand. And, uh, you know, you can check out any of our presenters here on the summit there. We've got links to all of them from their LinkedIn's or their contact pages are all there. If you want to pick up a discussion with any one of them, these guys will be really happy to have a chat with you. I think uh, all of them no obligation at this point. But Leanne, one of the questions that, uh, that was sent in from one of our VIPs was around Facebook retargeting. And there's been some murmurs there that people are getting sick of retargeting. I mean, I had a pair of um, uh, coral-coloured jeans follow me around for nearly a year after I bought them online. So, so you know, if they could fix that and go, I bought so these dance pants, right? right? Yeah. 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 But um, you buy something a, some and you get retargeted to afterwards. Um, you know, when you bought it, so it's all yeah, it's almost like they're missing a little piece there. That it's like I've already bought it, so stop targeting it to me now. Um, exactly. And the same with a booking.com and some of those other places too. But what's, what's your feeling as, as retargeting goes? Do you think it's very viable? Do you think it annoys people? Do you think it's a, a prime important part of, of building your online funnels? And do you think it's going to be altered in the future by, you know, the Facebooks and that because of some of the complaints they're getting? Yeah, I think the retargeting is a good thing because if you look at the five to 12 touch points before someone buys, you do need to have, you know, get keep them in the people's minds. So if you go and go to a website and you're not quite ready to buy, so you might have done your funnel, um, pointed people to your website, they weren't ready to buy for whatever reason, then instead of them going and it being a lost lead, then you can get them back by that retargeting and, and checking, you know, checking you out. Um, so, so I think the retargeting is good, but I get what you mean, you know, it follows you around a bit and sometimes you just look on a website and you don't want to be pushed to all the time. Um, so if they could do some updates there or some, some tweaks there, that would be great. Um, what was the second part of the question, Mike, around going into next well, year? Well, you know, uh, whether, it's, whether it's going to be um, taken away or anything like that, but, but maybe a bit, right. and I think you've answered that. I don't think so. And I mean, I think with the touch points, it's, it's good to do. Um, and it's just really, people get really annoyed if they get email after email. So it's just a softer way to, to do those touch points with people. Yep. I think, so you know, just to you, add I'm to, move. sorry, yeah, just to add to Leanne, I think everyone's used to being retargeted to at the moment. Um, every business does it. Um, so it's not like you're going to, you know, you know, hate the brand or they, you, they're just doing what they need to do just to, you know, try and get that sale. Um, but Mark, I mean, if, if, you, if you think about, uh, you know, once you've actually purchased, 
um, there, there is an option. There's an option on the back end to exclude people that have purchased from your site. So if they, if you're looking, if you're seeing a product that hasn't come to you, they just haven't excluded you from from that actual retargeting, uh, which a lot of marketers uh, miss what they what they should be doing. Um, but uh, you can just hide that ad if it does irritate you. Um, you have the ability now. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's not online sales, so it might be say it's a couch. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it just doesn't track that you've gone in store and bought it, for example. So 100%. in those situations, it's yeah, even a little bit different. Yeah, great. Um, Renia, and I see a couple of questions coming up. We'll get to those after we get through the, the VIP questions and we'll open it up. Then we'll, I'm sure we'll have time for that. Renia, while we're, while we're talking, while you're on screen, um, LinkedIn. So, you know, you... Uh, LinkedIn's gone crazy for your business. I mean, uh, you, you know, you literally have got clients backed up wanting to do business with you from all over the world. You've got some of the the top um, private banks in in Europe doing business with you and those sort of things. Um, so you, you truly are an expert in this. Um, LinkedIn to me seems to verge between being just the most wonderful site and then on the other thing, just totally uncommercial. So, for instance, uh, Landy, uh, my partner, um, you know, she's just been told again by LinkedIn that she's got too many friends on LinkedIn. You know, if she invites any more people, they're going to close it down. We oh. don't automate invites or anything like that. Um, so what's your view on automation? That would be my first question on LinkedIn at the moment. And what's your overall view on where LinkedIn's heading and whether it's going to be as viable in 2021 as it has been previously. Sure. Um, so just to touch on automation, um, back in the day, this was about a year, year two years ago, uh, we would use some automation. Yes. Uh, from, you know, from a first degree connection, but, you know, from, you know, going through this whole process and looking at what quality comes from not automating is, uh, is a lot better. So I would actually recommend not automating uh, a lot of things on LinkedIn. Uh, actually don't automate anything. Um, reason being, and you need to treat every single person on LinkedIn as an individual. They're not just a number. They're not just, uh, these are real people that you're communicating with, real people that you're trying to build a relationship with. Um, and I always go by saying that one relationship can change a business, can change a life. Um, so you don't want to go out there and put an automation on and, and just, you know, blast the numbers uh, to try and make a sale. It's not going to work. Uh, you might get that one or two percent that will convert, but uh, it's it's very... Uh, it's very low level. You know, you want to get quality relationships built in there. So spend the time, spend the effort, and uh, and build those relationships. Think of it as a, a massive networking event that you're always at, um, and you're gonna you're gonna go out to people, and you're not just gonna give them a business card and run away. Uh, you're gonna have a conversation. You know, you're gonna um, you're gonna ask them what they do, uh, have a, have a, have a pure interest as to how you can actually help them. Um, and if you do that, you know, don't look at the numbers and say, oh, I don't, I don't have thousands, thousands of connections. You don't need thousands of connections. You need a quality list of people that you're engaging with. And, uh, and, and, and that's exactly how, how you can build it. Um, build, those, build those people uh, slowly but surely. Uh, spend a few hours a day on it. Uh, maybe, maybe just an hour to two, hour and a half is what I recommend. But, uh, you know, those, those, those relationships are, are, are something that you can draw back into, you know. Uh, it doesn't have to be a sale right now. It can be a sale a little bit later. Um, so automation, yes, um, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, you will go into LinkedIn jail if you abuse it. Uh, if you're sending more connections than, than what you should, um, you know what you what you can do in, in terms of automation. You can put a bit of a reporting structure on there. So there are some uh, some apps out there that you can uh, link your LinkedIn on, and you can have it as a reporting uh, structure to see how well you've done post wise and connection wise. 
so in terms of automation, that's what I would recommend. But uh, no, no connections being sent out. Uh, you know, hey, first name, please buy this. Please connect with me. Uh, try and do it as, uh, <laughs> as you know, as, as personal as you can. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and we used to use automation software in 2017, yeah. 2018. We, we just to, to connect with people, we stopped using it. Um, and yeah. our numbers uh, changed also, that our numbers got better. Um, Rikas, I'm going to go to you now. I, and I do see we've got questions coming through, but as I said earlier, I'll get to those questions after we get through the, um, the questions that have come in from the VIPs. Um, when I was on the, uh, the the webinar the other day, which was looking at speaker websites, the the presenter, who's a great guy, um, took us through fundamentally it was a, a lot of the technical side of websites. But I love your approach on it because your approach is very simply from a website. There's three or four fundamental things that people get wrong um, that just makes their website just you know, actually it costs them money rather than makes them money. So looking at again, between now and Christmas, while there's no point in advertising on social media so much so, or competing against Trump and Biden, if you're in America, for sure. But, um, and now I found, you know, Black Friday, Halloween, and goodness knows what else, Christmas itself coming up, um, Hanukkah, all of that. So let's look at our website. What would be the top one or two areas that you see people cost themselves money on their websites? So the biggest thing is um, people think a website is just, it should just look pretty, you know? Uh, it's actually what Renir said earlier is you, you need to communicate what value you can add. So basically when someone lands on your website, be it your website or your funnel or your landing page or whatever it is, they really need to immediately know your value proposition. You know, what is it? What's in it for me? And who's it for? So is it even for me within the first couple of seconds? Then you want to sequence the information to provide them with some, you know, some social proof because you are looking to build trust. And you want to get them to continue scrolling down because ultimately your website or your funnel is your sales pitch. You know, it's doing the pitch for you without you having to communicate with your customers. So you really want to get that sequence of information right. It, it shouldn't just be random. There, there's a lot of thought that should go behind that. But the biggest thing is make sure that you communicate your value proposition very, very, very clearly. Um, and secondly, provide them with a lot of social proof. You want to build trust because there's, I mean, billions of service providers online. Um, you, need to, you need to stand out in some way and you, you need to show them, you know, people are actually using my service. And then lastly, obviously have a strong and logical call to action in the bottom. You know, um, uh, Leanne also said it earlier, and Nicola, people are not responding very well at the moment to being having their pain points pressed. It's more motivational and aspirational marketing, which is doing really good. So, you know, don't press too hard on the pain point. Rather, try and get them to read the motivated to take action instead of scared. That's just the, the current state of, of how people are feeling in the, in the market in terms of advertising as well. I think that's such a good tip. I mean, I think, you know, if everybody listening to this just listens to that tip, I think that's going to make a huge difference. So I'll reiterate that for everybody is, um, you know, don't go, don't find a little wound and get your knife and sort of drag it in there and, and make it a big wound at the moment. That's, that's not working as much as being more aspirational, motivational. But it's interesting because, I mean, I look at a lot of websites and so do you. 
and it would be rare that I that within three seconds of going to a website that I know what the person does and how they can help me. That would be less than 1% of websites, actually probably less than 0.1% of websites that I look at. So I think that's, that's a great tip. And it's interesting because you're talking about networking before too. And I also find this with networking. I'm not a fan of networking. I don't particularly like going myself because um, I'm more introverted than people may think. But, um, but I have learned when you go to networking, nobody goes to networking to buy something. People don't go, wow, it's Tuesday night. I'm going to go to the networking function because I want to buy something. They don't say <laughs> that. They go there because they want to sell something. So therefore, if you want to make them happy, then when you, when you talk to them, you say, what are you looking to sell? How can I help you? Who do you want to meet? Give them some assistance first. And I mean, we've got a, a, a lady on the call today. I see her name down there, uh, Pam. And, you know, you were very gracious on LinkedIn with us by helping us promote the Global Social Media Summit. So in this public forum, I'd like to invite you to connect with me further to see how we can help you further do some more business, because we'd like to do that because you were so gracious in, in helping us. So, um, you know, you're there, you know who you are, and this is the way you should approach business because of all the people that I get saying, hey, I can sell you this, hey, I can sell you that. Here's somebody who goes, hey, I really like what you're doing and I'd like to help. I'm going to put this out. You haven't even asked me, but I'm going to put this out to my networks and things like that. That's a person that I want to do business with going forward. That's a person that, that I would like to support. So that's great. Nicola, I'm going to go to you and then uh, I'm going to go back to the questions just for a second. Um, you spend a lot of time interacting with people on LinkedIn primarily so I'm interested to see um, what your feelings are of the way on how, how many people percentage-wise are really um, being interactive, how many people are um, getting pissed off on LinkedIn, how many people are trying to sell you stuff straight up off the bat. What's, what's the general feel of the way that, you know, that interaction with people online is going? So, Mike, on LinkedIn specific, if we are talking about just connecting with people with the idea to, in the future, network or sell something or partner with them or whatever, um, I would say we have about 50% uh, about of people who we interact with who actually interact back. Um, yep. In general, we do have that 20% of people who get pissed off. <laughs> who, um, and that might be for a few reasons. The first thing that I pick up is people do not read their messages. You know, they don't, they look at the first line and then automatically they jump on offense and want to say something bad back. Meanwhile, if they just read a line further, they would have seen, uh, we're not selling, we're just trying to connect. So that's the first thing. The second thing when people are rude is you should go and look at what is going on in their country. So for instance, two, three months ago, when um, Australia went back into their second lockdown, full lockdown, people were very angry. People were not in a good space. So that automatically said to me, okay, back off. 
we are not talking to those people at the moment because they just in general not in a good space for instance um the netherlands they in september that was holiday season for them so that was impossible getting anything out of them because everyone is, was in holiday mood some as they they're all just going away so percentage wise if we're looking at it out of people let's say we invite 500 people a week on linkedin to connect with we get about 80% of response back on that and then Obviously, you want to put that people in a trust funnel, you want to build trust with them, you want to build relationship with them. So out of that 80% of people who we connected, we get a 50% response out of that again. So can, if I, that makes sense. can I add there to, to Nicola quickly, Mike? Um, so one of the one strategy that we use that is very effective on LinkedIn. Um, so just to give you some numbers, 1% uh, of people that are on LinkedIn post content, just 1%. Um, and 9% of people engage with that content. The other 90 don't engage, they just look, or they're not even on LinkedIn. So what we do from a connection point of view, um, we use content as a, as a bit of a, a net or a bit of a, uh, you know, trying to find the right kind of people. So you put out good quality content and the people that interact with that content, you connect with if they're the right kind of people. So it's not a cold connection where you go in and say, hey, hi, my name is this, let's connect. They're like, why are you connecting with me? You know, this is random. Uh, so what we use the content for is someone's gonna like, they're gonna share, they're gonna engage, they're gonna comment with it. And if you have a good piece of content, you can get up to 5,000 interactions on there. Those are people that you can go and actually connect with and say, thanks for liking my post, let's, have a, let's connect. It's a very warm way of coming into the relationship. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just a, a good tactic to use. Your connection uh, responses are gonna go through the roof because you've actually, you, you use the actual method of going value first, then connecting. Yeah, very good. And um, also, if you, for those of you that are listening here, if you, if you wanna look at the numbers, I mean, Nicholas says we're connecting with 500 people a week. So 100 a day, basically. And I mean, this is the thing is that I, I find that successful people are prepared to do the things that unsuccessful people aren't prepared to do. So some of you literally that are on, you know, this summit are going, oh, that's a lot. I could never do that, blah, blah, blah. How long does it take you to do that, Nicola? Well, 100 people a day, because you can't really do more. Otherwise, LinkedIn will put you into LinkedIn jail. So um, about half an hour. I mean, LinkedIn enables you mm -hmm. to put in filters and everything. So you don't have to literally go and read every person's entire profile. You have a few key keywords which you search for, um, which LinkedIn did very nicely. Um, and then you just connect according to that. And obviously, whatever the energy yep. is, the profile portrays. So you can automatically see if you don't like someone or not. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I think that's, that's the thing is that, um, uh, you know, you are going to LinkedIn with a very, very specific profile. In fact, some of the people that are on our summit are here because you've connected with them on, on LinkedIn and because they're in a very, very specific profile that feel that they'll get value out of something like this that we'd love to do business with at some stage in the future. Not all of them, by the way, but definitely some of them because things like this are our filtering process as well to see who we like to deal with and the way that people react. 
I'm going to go to a, a, a couple of other questions now and let's move this along. Um, so, oh, here's one. I can answer the next two questions. There's a question here about what freeware um, is user-friendly, easy to work with when it comes to video editing with green screen, um, especially considering a company being a startup. The answer is iMovie. So, the, you know, what you can do on green screen on iMovie is going to solve most of your problems. And if you've got a Mac, it's going to come from for free. So you just need to watch a couple of YouTube videos on it. Then a second question leading on from that is sort of same, the question is same question, but then for live streaming with, with green screen. So I would suggest you go to a, a site called OBS, O for ostrich, B for B, S for salmon, obsproject.com. And that is um, a great free software that you can use. Again, you might have to watch a couple of YouTube videos to, um, to get your head around it, that if you want to live stream using a green screen, um, that you can do so. And it's very, very simple for you to do as well. Um, then with that, I'm just going to quickly go to the, the chat for a minute. And I'm going to see, Colin, you, you put in a question here. Uh, do the same principles that Rikas, uh, uh, Rainier and Nicola said apply to LinkedIn? I believe that your profile must upfront state how you can help somebody. It's all about the what's in it for me. Promise A and when you deliver, over deliver by delivering A, B and C. So, um, Rainier, would you like to talk to that one? Yeah, 100%. So your your LinkedIn profile, in, in my eyes, uh, is, is one of the most important pages that you can create around yourself. And a lot of people use it to, you know, uh, talk about themselves. I did this, I did that, I did this. Actually, no one really cares. Uh, they want to know how you're going to help them, how you're going to be able to, you know, provide value and, and, and solve a problem that they have. So, you know, use the summary, use your profile to highlight your service or how you're going to help them, what kind of service you're offering, what pain points you're solving, um, ask the questions that they're really asking and then provide the solution in the summary. Um, connect with me, put some strong call to actions uh, in, your, in, your, in your profile, have a calendar, uh, an automatic calendar link so someone can book an appointment with you if you are, if you are uh, open to that. Um, and your, your tagline, the thing that actually follows you everywhere, uh, put how you can actually help someone. Uh, if you want to, you can go have a look at my profile and immediately it'll say that on my tagline, speak to me about your LinkedIn profile and how I can generate business leads. Uh, immediately, that's exactly what I do and I'll help you. Um, so if you, you know, a lot of people will use that tagline and put some crazy stuff there that, that I actually don't, you know, I wouldn't resonate with. Um, so try and make it simple, keep it simple, keep it short and sweet so that your client knows exactly what you do. What you, what you do. Uh, so when they, when they visit your profile, they know exactly why they're there, why they're communicating with you and why they're connecting. Um, uh, that's, that's basically, yes, it's, it's the same as a website in that sense. Yeah, what, yeah. Sorry, what, what Renee's saying there, I, I fully agree. Like you need, you need to realize that you need to have, you need to treat it almost like a, a billboard, you know, as if someone's driving on a highway. If you have a story of where you grew up and how this shaped you into finally being this person and that, no one cares, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, keep it short, keep it simple, concise. And, you know, people should be able to see what you can offer them immediately when they look at your profile, you know, keep, exactly. keep long stories maybe for the about section on your website, but streamline your social media profiles to really be to the point. Yeah, very good. And, um, and I'm going to go to Leanne now with a, with a, with a question. Hang on. I've just lost my question, Leanne. Hang on. I've just got to go back to the notes here. Ah, yeah, that's it. So tell me about, um, 
should somebody have a Facebook page or should they have a group or should they just post an event if they're just doing one event? What, what's the best way and where are people interacting with now from a Facebook perspective? Um, so definitely groups are getting the most interaction um, rather than pages. Pages um, are more kind of your, I suppose, your, the main page there and you put your posts on there and you can boost those out and you can do Facebook ads and things. Um, but it is really great to get people in a group. So it might be a client group. Um, so when they pay to join your um, service um, or your product, they get part of the group as um, part of the offering. Or you could have an open group to build that um, no like trust so that people can interact in there and then you can try and monetize that or you can try and bring them into clients. So there's kind of two strategies there. Um, I know, Mike, you know, you've got your circle of excellence group. So as part of, you know, being in the circle of excellence, get part of you get the Facebook group with that so that's a really great way to do it for your clients um, in terms of events yeah events are great if you've got something coming up um, putting an event an actual event up on there and then the people get the updates they can just say if they're interested or not um, you can boost those out so it can go to more people um, so it kind of just depends really what your product and services um, but having a company page is always good and having a group um, it, it adding on somehow Yep. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks for that. It's a good time here just before I hit, uh, I'm going to go to some of the questions people asked now, but just before I do, um, for those of you that have just checked in, we've got uh, Leanne Costa now, Leanne uh, for, from Betty Your Biz in New Zealand. You can check her out on the summit page. She's a, an expert in most social medias, in fact, but she's an expert in building you uh, funnels and systems that systemize your biz, not only in social media, but in all administration areas as well. So, you know, if you want to have a chat with Leanne, um, she'll do some no obligation chats with you guys as well. Um, then we've got Rainier. Rainier um, uh, runs a, a digital agency out of Cape Town called Flance. He's known as the digital animal, um, which is a great brand, Rainier. And uh, LinkedIn is definitely something... Uh, that he's been doing, as I said before, you know, he's uh, working on the LinkedIn profiles of some of the some of the leading private bankers in the world, and also uh, he's working with the the number one LinkedIn person in the world as his person looking after Europe and Africa as well. And Rikus, um, you know, I just love the way you're designing websites uh, at the moment. If you want to go and check out Rikus's work, work, go to our website because it literally went up um, about a month and a half ago. And it literally uh, put $125,000 worth of business in our funnel in the first two weeks. So um, that we never had before. So circleofexcellence.biz is our major site. It's a bit of a monster. I don't know how many pages are on that site, uh, Rick, but uh, there's certainly a lot there. But um, you can go and have, at, uh, have a look at uh, Rikus as well and connect with him through, through the summit if you want any tips on, on websites. So let me just go back and... Um, question here from Anwar. Have there been changes in Facebook's algorithm for displaying adverts over the last six months or so? I've heard it said that LinkedIn is a community platform before you have to give rather than advertise. The response from Rainier seems to suggest this is true. So let's go to Leanne first on Facebook. Let's go then to Rainier on LinkedIn. Um, so no, I'm not aware of any changes to Facebook algorithms last eight months so I'm not sure where that's come from if anyone else has got any idea for that but not that I know of um, maybe it's right. in terms of displaying ads because of everything else that's going on out there 
Um, interestingly, in New Zealand, we're the opposite. So when we went to lockdown four, the Facebook ads were actually really good to do. And I had some clients that had some really great results because a lot of the businesses that couldn't sell online because they weren't selling online before, um, a lot of the big businesses here, they all pulled their advertising budgets because they couldn't have people coming to the store and they didn't have something online to offer. So there was actually a really good space when people had things set up ready to advertise online. Um, and now lockdown four in March, it was, it was actually quite cheap over here to, to get something online. So yeah, I, I don't know if it's to do with the election or something like that, but I don't know of any changes in algorithms. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, Rania, do you have to sort of, is it more LinkedIn more of a community platform rather than an advertising platform? So um, yeah, I, I do agree. It is a bit of, it is definitely a community. Remember, these are real people that you engage with. It's not just uh, you know businesses that you're engaging with. Um, and you know, the strategy that we follow, you, you provide value in public and you sell in private. Um, that's just one thing that, that we go with, with all the profiles that we manage. You know, we, we try and uh, garner all that content. The content is so key to, to LinkedIn marketing. And the content is not just there to sell your, 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 um, your business or your service. Uh, it's there to, to offer value to, to, offer, to even speak about your personal journey or something you know, from a thought leadership perspective. But to sell, a lot of times the actual leads will come to you and ask you to uh, engage uh, if you do it properly. Um, so we try and build these essences around the, the profiles that we manage and um, the content that goes out there, you know, creating certain images around them. And a lot of the times the leads will actually come to them. Uh, you don't have to, if you do it properly, you don't have to go and look for the, for the business. They will, the business will come to you. Um, it's quite a, it's quite a, a, an amazing thing uh, because yeah, it's, it's, it's all that value that you're giving. A lot of people are like, wow, I mean, all this value that you're giving, maybe I should actually have a conversation with you. You know, um, it's uh, you treat them as a client before they even become a client. You know, as, as you said with, with, with Pam, you know, doing all of that uh, uh, promotion and you haven't even spoken to her, that's a, that is a beautiful strategy. Treat a client like a client before they even do business with you. You know, share, engage, uh, you know, communicate with them and you, you don't have to sell them anything all the time. And at the end of the day, they'll actually ask you to, what do you actually do? Like, let's have, let's have a chat. Uh, I see you always liking my purse. Who are you? You know, um, treat treat them as a client. Be that be that be that cheerleader before you actually do business with them. Uh, very powerful. Uh, I've, we, we, we've we've gotten some of our biggest clients by doing that. Uh, being that little uh, you know cheerleader on the side, always communicating with them. And uh, if you really want the business, do that for long enough, they'll become a client. Yeah, exactly. And I found. Um... For, for myself, I found that LinkedIn hasn't been very responsive when we've trialed advertisements on LinkedIn. And I recently just trialed one like a job advertisement as well. That wasn't that wasn't very good. And LinkedIn are meant to be experts in in that um, Facebook. Yes, more so. But I think the, the, the key thing here is you have to know your audience and you have to know where where they sit. I remember uh, many, many years ago, 20 years ago, more probably 25 years ago. Um, when I was actually in a totally different life and I ran a financial planning company, um, I actually sat down with our advertisers and said, I want our television ads only to appear during the rugby and the news. And they said, you can't pick that. Then I said, then we're not spending a cent. So they said, well, it's going to be very expensive. I said, but that's where I want them. And they were incredibly effective and brought us so much business because we got them exactly where we wanted to have them rather than just having them stuck next to things. So I think Facebook definitely gives you that ability to, to match that. I remember um, when a friend of mine launched his uh, personal development book 
uh, a number of years ago now, and his his launch it went to a bestseller very very quickly. This was before Amazon was doing their whole thing and everything. He what he did was his his Facebook posts were literally, if you liked chicken soup for the soul, you're going to love this book. That was his posts. So he just targeted chicken soup for the soul. And anybody who read Chicken Soup for the Soul were going, oh, well, this book must be like Chicken Soup for the Soul. So they were buying his book. And these days, that guy is one of the biggest social influencers in the UK. So, um, you know, and uh, he did that when he was 25. He's now 35. So, uh, you know, hats off. So it's about matching what you want with the right audience. Um, I love this question, Nicola. This one's going to be for you from Edmund Tan. Hi, Edmund. Um, how do you balance between personal need and desire for privacy in general and the need to put yourself out there? Do you advocate multiple personas online or not? I think Leanne also has the answer for that, just looking at her smile. But... Um... It depends what you want to do. I think it depends on your brand as well. So if you are a Mike and Lundy where your brand is very much Mike and Lundy, then yes, it's fine to have your own Facebook page and people into your lives. Um, but along with that, then you have your company page or your group, which you also just do um, business related posts into that. Whereas if you, someone who's, who does not want to share your dogs and your children and your everything on Facebook with clients or potential clients, then obviously you have your personal Facebook page, which is only for uh, family and friends. And then you have your um, company page or group. So I don't know if it's, it depends on your each person for themselves. It's, and it depends on the brand. If your brand is a very much a social type of thing, then yes, you should be, you know, letting people into your life. The same as what um, ambassadors will do or influence marketers. Whereas if it's just something very specific, very business-like, you will have that separated. Yep, good. Yeah. Leanne, anything to add? Sorry, I just... I just also want to say it's it's kind of a a trade-off, you know, between between privacy and the need to be out there. So you kind of need to figure out for yourself what level of privacy are you comfortable with and take it from there. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So you need to kind of think about what you are comfortable with, you know, take it from there. And sorry, Rick, yeah, because just both that, sorry, Mike. Just to add with that, no, it's cool. to be to be honest off the top of my head if you are on social media i mean you're putting yourself out there in any case so you should be able to be comfortable with a, a whole part of yourself being shared with the world because somewhere someone is going to pick that up um if you don't want invasion on your privacy then obviously you shouldn't be on on any social media for that matter yeah, I tend to agree. And uh, it's interesting because the and coming back to what Rika said before, um, actually, I'll say, Lundy and I, we just try and be the same people that you see on this summit, to the same people on social media, to the same people if you meet us, and the same people if you're having dinner with us, you know? that's 
because I think the key word there, um, Edmund, is authenticity. But, um, you know, we're also selective. We're selective in that, you know, Landy's, if she doesn't like a photo that we took, it's not going to go on social media just because we took the photo. You know, if the photo is, you know, going to be not right, then don't post it. You know, it, you don't have to post every darn photo you take or every video you make. You know, I, I saw a video this morning when I was doing the last post for this summit by some lady, I don't know her, who's a, a business and marketing coach. And she's sweaty, just come out of the gym, got a gym cap on, headset in, lying by the pool, giving marketing advice. I'm sort of like, really? Seriously, I would not take any advice from you. You know, it's just it's just not resonating with me in, in any shape or form. I'm not saying you have to sit behind a desk or something like that. But don't look like, don't look like, if you're giving me advice on, on how to lose 10 kilos, I might listen to you. But don't give me advice on marketing from that perspective. But Rikus, you, Rainier, and Leanne are all incredibly private people. So even though you run digital businesses, you're not out there promoting like, say, Mike and Landy are online. Um, so, but you also, you're very selective. I mean, you use Instagram very, very well. Um, also, so that's that's a chosen social media for you. Um, what are your feelings about you know keeping that privacy really from from your own perspective? Uh, is that uh, to me, Mike, or to Renir or to Leanne? Yes. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I'll to you. you. Yes. You go. You go for it first, Rickus. <laughs> okay. Uh, the thing is, I prefer to use my my Facebook or my Instagram for leisure. I don't want my business to get in there and to get it. I don't want to go on Instagram and feel like I need to respond to a client now. So I, I keep things very intimate with my clients. I don't try to reach out to a million people. I, I try to take on the amount of work that I can handle and really foster good relationships with those people. And I communicate with them over Gmail, you know, and uh, I, f I find that works very effective for me. I also communicate over LinkedIn is actually my, um, social media platform of choice to run my business. And that's where I conduct all of my business affairs. Uh, Instagram is, is for my hobbies and Facebook because I'm in Vietnam, my Facebook has become spam ultimately. So I don't really go on Facebook that much anymore. So I, I have my platforms for my different aspects of my life and I keep them quite separate. It's that's my, my business allows me to, to, you know, do it that way. If, if I was a professional speaker, and I am the brand, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more tricky than that. Good luck to you guys. But, <laughs> you know, for me, I, I have the luxury of being able to keep it compartmentalized. Great. Renia? Yeah, so I, I agree with Rikus, you know, um, I use Facebook as a very personal, you know, uh, I, I love posting about my, my little Dachshund and, and, you know, the food <laughs> that we cook and, you know, it's very like, uh, it's, it's a personal, it's a personal, uh, you know, a platform. Instagram, I post one, two photos a year, so I don't really use it much. Um, I use it for, uh, you know, for client business, but uh, I don't, I don't use it as much for myself. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is, is I'm not, I'm not as, uh, as much as I teach this and I say, you know, people have to be personal and stuff. I'm also not that, not, not, not that much inclined. And the trick is I actually don't do my own LinkedIn a lot of the times. I get uh, one of my social sellers to help me with my own LinkedIn because I have that emotional disconnect of, you know, trying to post personal stuff. So I actually say, you know, what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have one of my one of my, uh, you know, 
um, a PA or someone else help me and actually post that stuff for me. Uh, so if you if you are a little bit you know disconnected, you want to post some stuff on LinkedIn, you get get someone else to help you with it. You can have your PA, your secretary, or someone else, your social media manager, to actually help you. Um, but also, I mean, there, there are some people that are out there. I mean, we have one client that completely is a I've never actually seen his face, um, and his, lo his 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 actual profile image is a logo of his uh, initials. He's a complete private recluse, but he uses LinkedIn for business, uh, and he's a he's a chairman, so he has to publish. Uh, you know, company stuff, and he has to like go out there and uh, and be the face of the company, but without a face. It's actually quite a weird thing. But he's active. You know, he's it's so it's it's so it's such a weird thing. He's this 84 year old individual that hates social media, uh, and he doesn't want anyone to see who he is. Um, so yeah, if you go search for him, you can't even see how he looks like. So it's such a weird thing. But you can It's it's possible to be active without being personal. Uh, he hasn't shared anything personal on this. All about business, uh, teaching. He teaches a lot of uh, business tactics. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to put any, any personal information out there if you don't want to. Uh, you ca it can just be pure business. It does yeah. work. Okay, we, we're, we're moving on. So um, here's a question. Is the recommendation to first have a stock of content ready before acquiring or approaching customers or can it be parallel to make sure that you're creating valuable content on the go? So uh, I don't know if anybody wants to pick this up. I definitely have an opinion on this. I think, I think the, the, the best thing is just to start. Don't wait to have this mass amount of content that you can, uh, you know, then you're like, okay, I'm going to start in a month. I'm going to accumulate. Just start. Start posting. Uh, do one post. You know, focus on one post and say, cool, I'm going to do this. Or set yourself some realistic goals. One post a day. One post every two days. Uh, take a video. Do a video. Uh, you know, step out of that comfort zone and actually start, you know, breaking the barrier down. Um, so I would recommend, you know, if you're trying to go from your business, do, do content at the same time. Don't wait to have a lot of content to go out there. You never know what can come from one or two posts. Absolutely. And I was going to say, you know, take a, take a leaf from Walt Disney, folks. You know, Walt Disney, one of the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. And uh, he never had anything before he sold it. You know, all he had of Disneyland before he, um, before he sold it to the media was a, a drawing from the art department. All he had of Snow White before he sold the movie rights was one sketch of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So, you know, you don't need to, to have a lot to start. Whilst we're on there, just before I get to the final question of the day, one of the things that we do that may be useful for people listening in here is we pre-program our social media and we do it um, like months in advance. So um, we essentially have seven, seven different brands um, so we have a post a week. So that's 49 posts a week that are going up basically um, there. So it's a, it's a lot. So what we do is we decide, Lundy sits down and decides what are the angles, what are people interested in the moment for that brand and that brand and that brand. Then we send our researcher out to go and do the research on them, that. And then that's matched with key photos and things like that. And um then from those key photos, then those posts are automated and go up. And then we just make sure that we're there to interact with the posts. So they're not going up live or anything like that. It's all pre-programmed stuff. And that way we can keep a certain connection going um, with our audience, regardless of whether it's a Friday, which I don't normally work on. Although after this, I'm going to start writing, I'm working on my second novel at the moment. So as soon as we're done with this, I'm off writing. 
Um, one of the things I did want to mention before we get to this final question is um, for those of you that are interested in LinkedIn and, and that, you know, apart from watching Rainier's stuff, which is great, we've got a, a one or two other LinkedIn people um, up here as well on the summit. Um, in the session that I do on the summit here, I'm talking about how we've averaged $92 um, per friend that has befriended us on LinkedIn over the last three years. So when, you know, we've got hundreds of people be befriending us each week and we're literally just putting a hold on that at the end of this year because we've now got about 40,000 people on LinkedIn, um, but we've, we're averaging $92 a friend on that. And I go through the way in which we do that on my talk. Let's get to the, the last question. Um, we've got, you know, great people here on the call. And so, uh, Leanne, I haven't heard from you for a while. So this is going to be, you're, you're going to be first cab off the rank. What are you doing now in the two months, the number one thing you're doing on social media to further your own personal business? What are you focusing on? Um, for me, it's the no like trust. So just creating creating those touch points with people so that they um, see me. It's very, it's very easy to be doing your clients things. And I agree with you, Mike, you know, plan as much as you can in advance, use the new business suite on Facebook, schedule it all in there, push it to Instagram if you want. Um, but I love having it all scheduled in advance. It's just, and the clients just love it, you know, to have a couple of months all ready to go and they don't have to worry about it. Um, so for me, um, yeah, um, Facebook Lives planned. Um, I did a course um, a few weeks, uh, sorry, a few months back. So potentially one of those in the new year. Um, but yeah, just KLT for me, just getting myself out there and, you know, things like this. Yep. So number one thing for you is building trust with your audience. And for those of you that are here that know the money train, lead, trust, create love, then go to sale and then on to journey. Um, Nicola, for the next, uh, you know, six weeks or so, what's the number one thing you're focusing in online? Well, focusing on um, just growing our social medias, I think. We have Lead Magazine that has been launched about just over a month ago. So getting the word out there even more than it is already, you know, showcasing all our amazing um, people in Lead Magazine. And then furthermore, just uh, secondly, we ha have the Octopus um, Edutech platform, which is amazing and just creating awareness around that so those are the two focus yep. points and growing those two brands at the moment fantastic thank you uh Rikus? yeah so for Number me there, there'll be there'll be no outreach on social social media i'll be servicing my current pipeline <laughs> because um, i've actually taken the time to set up all my social media profiles and my website to kind of be the be the net to get my pipeline going so for me it's just focusing my current clients and getting getting all of that work done. Great. Thanks, Renia. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, we're on a big drive to um, try and hire as many people as possible. So we're on a big recruiting drive at the moment. Uh, as you said, you know, business is, 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 is hectic at the moment. So we're trying to get the right kind of people to come on board. So we're we going to be using uh, social media to create an image. So the people, the good quality kind of people that we want to come on board into the business. Uh, and then also to use, uh, you know, to be online, to grow strategic partnerships for 2021. Uh, starting, you know, we've actually started this a few months ago, speaking to other agency owners, uh, other people that actually hold the relationships with people that we want to do business with. 
and, uh, and building a relationship with that because the uh, majority of our clients come from those strategic partners. Um, it's the, one of the easiest ways to sell is to sell through someone else. Um, and if they can refer you, uh, it's more or less uh, the objection is price and time. So yeah, we're building a lot of strategic partnerships at the moment um, and getting ready for 2021, it's gonna be a big year. Uh, we, we're looking to quadruple business in the next year. So yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. And I think you've, you've touched on one final thing to bring this to a close, and that is, you know, success in life equals value uh, multiplied by leverage. And one of the best ways to leverage is even on social media is through key strategic partners as, as well. So, I mean, that's what this summit's all about. Everybody here is a partner um, of ours and all of the presenters are partners of ours and we're partners of theirs as well. Um, folks, I want to thank you for being on uh, our live panel this morning. I think we covered a lot of ground. It's fantastic. We've recorded this. Uh, it'll be up um, on the Facebook group. It'll be up inside the summit as soon as it renders as well. And uh, I want to thank uh, Nicola, Leanne, Rainier and Rikas for being on the summit today. And, you know, you can go to reactions down the bottom there and give them a big virtual clap if you want to. And folks, it's been wonderful. Enjoy the summit over the weekend. For those of you that are the VIPs, enjoy that ongoing. And we will see you all later. Bye-bye. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet everyone. See you there on you the virtual world. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>